Um, we've got a lot going on today. We're going to start with our socialist update. Pat Gray is filling in for Stu here in uh, just a second. Also, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the economy, what's really going on, and uh, why we all need to pay attention to that. First, home title lock. Um, the Capital One data breach has hit. 106 million of us have had our uh, names, our home addresses, and our banking information exposed. Forget credit card fraud. This is the, the mother of all frauds. It is, uh, it's pretty amazing. In fact, they're calling it now an epidemic in New York City, and it's coming to you. Somebody just hacked into my wife's email, a Russian, second time. Russians have taken over my wife's uh, email. It's bizarre. Um, Anyway, Home Title Lock right now can help you because you have people trying to steal your home. Forget about your email. No insurance, no bank, nobody does this. The only people, HomeTitleLock.com. Get uh, 60-day risk-free protection now at HomeTitleLock.com. It's HomeTitleLock.com. And it really is. Welcome to it. We're going to talk about China. We're going to talk about China and uh, Trump with the G7. We're going to talk to you about what really is coming our way with the economy and how America's morals and values have dramatically changed. Oh, you're going to love this. And we're going to we're going to be right there with you on these new changes because our communist update is next in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. Okay. All right. Here's the third chapter now of the story I've been telling you about last week. Remember my friend who works here has his air conditioning go out on the three hour car trip. It's like 104 here in Texas. He then found out it was going to cost him over $2,000 to get it fixed because it wasn't still under warranty. Well, this weekend, after spending hours getting other estimates, he and his uh, wife finally came to the conclusion that the only option left is to trade their car in for a new one. That's going to cost them. Now, they hadn't planned on doing any of this last week. They didn't have a $2,000 repair or they didn't have the money for a brand new car. They have to do it now. Okay, that's why I have Car Shield. That's why he's going to trust the going forward that Car Shield will take care of all of the stuff. When you, if you have a car that is five thousand or you know one hundred and fifty thousand miles and it doesn't have warranty anymore, you need Car Shield because they make it really easy to repair your car. There is no—I don't mean this to rub salt in anybody's wound—but there, there's no sweat. When you uh, have your check engine light goes off or your your air conditioning go out, don't make the same mistake the guy I work with made. Get covered with Car Shield. Call 800 Car 6000. 800 Car 6000. Mention the promo code Beck or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code Beck, save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code Beck. Well, welcome to uh, Monday morning. Hello, Pat. 
Hello, Glenn. Uh, it's so good to see you Not here. So oh no, no, good please to be seen. Yes, please yeah, yeah. don't. No, I, I mean didn't. I didn't. Be sincere. I I was. Okay, good. I was. So great to see you. <laughs> and it's great to be seen. <laughs> all right, all right. Wait a minute. You sh- <laughs> no, I, I see. You said don't, and so okay. I wasn't you, going so you don't to. want to throw it my no, way. No, no. Okay, all right. Uh-uh. Well, I got good news for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, comrades. Yes, my dear comrades, we have almost, almost reached the fundamental transformation of the United States. Oh, sing it out. Sing it out. (laughs) Yes, the climate crisis is the final icing on the cake. Yes, American standards have changed. Americans' morals have changed. Their values have changed. They now prefer security over freedom. Yay! Yay! (laughs) They now want free stuff from the state. Yay! Oh, comrades, it's been a long, tiresome road. We thought... This was all in our past back in 1990, but no, 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 no. The scientific community, according to Bernie Sanders, is telling us in no uncertain terms that we have less than 11 years to transform our energy system away from fossil fuels to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. Except they're not saying that, but... In fact, they're specifically saying, stop saying that we're saying that. You really (laughs) need to be rounded up. If we're going to leave this planet healthy for ourselves, for our children, for our grandchildren, for future generations, Bernie Sanders says as rising temperatures and extreme weather create health emergencies, drive land loss, displacement, destroy jobs, threaten livelihoods, we must guarantee health care, housing, and a good-paying job to every American. Yay! Especially to those who have been historically excluded from economic success. Thank you. So he has a plan. And here's his plan. It's only going to cost us $16 trillion. Yay! (laughs) Kind of. He says he's going to reach 100% renewable energy for electricity and transportation by no later than 2030. Wow. Wow. 11 years? 11 years. Nice. Uh, 100%. 100%. Renewable energy. Wow. For transportation. Well, it's already up to 7%. How much tougher (laughs) can it be? (laughs) Ending unemployment. Yay! He's going to end unemployment uh, by 2030 because he's going to create 20 million jobs to solve the climate crisis. These jobs will be good paying. There'll be union jobs with strong benefits and safety standards in steel and auto manufacturing. We're going to have cars still? Construction, energy efficiency, and retrofitting, coding, 
server farms, renewable power plants. We will also create millions of jobs in sustainable agriculture. (gasps) The government is going to get their hands into farming. Yay! It always works out so well when they start screwing around with the farms and the food. We'll also create uh, millions of jobs in engineering. Reimagined and expanded civilian conservation corps. So we can go back to what FDR did and preserving our public lands. You also have direct investment at historic $16.3 trillion public investment. It's the New Deal and what they did in World War II, but with an explicit choice to include black, indigenous, and other minority communities who were systematically excluded in the past. A just transition for workers. This plan will prioritize the fossil fuel workers who have powered our economy for more than a century and have too often been neglected by corporations and politicians. We will guarantee five years of all workers' current salaries. Yay! Housing assistance, job training, health care, pension support, and priority job placement for anyone displaced as well as early retirement for support for those who choose or can no longer work. Wow, this is going to be a lot less than $16 trillion. You said it. Yeah. Comrades declaring climate change a national emergency. We must take action to, to ensure a habitable planet for ourselves, for our children, for our grandchildren. And we will do whatever it takes to defeat the threat of climate change after we declare a national emergency. Yay! Saving Americans' family, uh, f- uh, families' money by weatherizing all American homes, lower the energy bills, uh, bills, building affordable and high-quality modern transportation. What could that be? Horses? Providing grants and trade-in programs for families and small businesses to purchase high-efficiency electric vehicles and rebuilding our inefficient and crumbling infrastructure, including deploying universal, affordable, high-speed Internet. Finally. Finally. Yes. You're going to be able... All mothers are going to be able to have (laughs) high-speed Those who have been struggling (laughs) because they can't surf the web like they like. Supporting small family farms by investing in ecologically regenerative and sustainable agriculture. Thank God, because you you know what the farmers hate is anything that helps the soil. They have yeah, they don't not want that. Been, they don't want they that. have not been doing right by the soil. <laughs> you know, they like to they like to plant something that does not regenerate. Right. They like to plant something that so that it grows nothing for them the next year. Right. They just want that they one just, year's worth of crops. That's all they're asking and they're for. Those bastards. <laughs> this plan will transfer all of our farms oh, to man. fight climate change Good. and provide sustainable local foods. Mm-hmm. And break the corporate stranglehold on farmers and ranchers. You know, there's nobody that hates corporate farming as much as I do, and I mean that sincerely. But it did feed an awful lot of people. Just billions. So Only billions. Let's make sure we 
just get rid of all those corporate farms in 10 years. Wow. What's the worst that could happen? Justice for frontline communities, especially under resource groups, communities of colors, Native Americans, people with disabilities, children, mm-hmm. the elderly, to recover from and repair for climate impacts, including through a $40 billion climate re-justice, uh, justice resiliency fund and providing those frontline and fenceline communities just a just transition, including real jobs, resilient infrastructure and economic development. Bernie Sanders also wants to commit to reducing uh, emissions throughout the world. So it's Mm -hmm. not just going to be here. Mm -hmm. We're going to donate $200 billion to the Green Climate Fund. Oh, good. Yeah. Finally. Finally. We will meet and exceed our fair share of global emissions reductions. We'll make massive investments in research and development. Expand the climate justice movement. Invest in uh, in conservation in all public and private lands. And the good news here... It will all pay for itself in this no longer free market uh-huh. in just over 15 years. <laughs> Comrades, we have made it! Yay! Holy cow. Wow. Wow. We'll get into that and wow. uh, what all of that means coming up in uh, just a second. Mm-hmm. Also, hey, don't worry about the economy. We'll talk about that coming up in a second. How's your gut feel on the economy, Steve? Or Pat? Uh, you know, I, I, I think we're teetering on the edge. Do you? Mm-hmm. You know what's really weird is, um, you know how I've always had the promptings of, uh, mm-hmm. I've had that kind of feeling? Yeah. Uh, I don't right now. But really? I, here's what I do have, which yeah. I think is more frightening. <laughs> May not be to you, but it is to me. It's, Are you optimistic right now? Because when that happens, it usually means trouble. Uh, no, I'm not. Here's <laughs> yeah, what okay. I here's what I am. Um, well, you already know what to do. Prepare. Mm-hmm. I I can't tell you anymore. Yeah. I just I get this feeling mm-hmm. of last call and no hype, no hyperbole, no you know, no panic. If you're not going to prepare. It's going to be too late soon. If you mm-hmm. haven't battened down the hat, I just, everything in me is like, pay off anything you can, get out of anything that you can, pay your credit card debt, get out, just don't spend money, don't spend money, don't spend money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and make sure that you're prepared in all things. Uh, do what you're supposed to do. Uh, that, to me, is more disturbing um, because it just seems, uh, final, I guess, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like you and your mom was like, you gotta, you gotta get this stuff done. Cause school's going to start. You gotta get this stuff done. You gotta get this stuff done. And you messed around. And then your mom just looks at you, you know, the night before and you're like, I didn't get all that done. And she's like, well, mm-hmm. told you, told you it's too late now. Yeah. Uh, you might want to really pay attention. I'm going to give you, uh, Five monologues today explaining the economy, not today, over the week. And we're going to do it in hour two every day, and it will explain what's really happening. Today, I want to tell you something that we told you before, 
But now it matters. We told you that China was doing a, a few different things about six months ago. And we said, this is going to be trouble down the road. Well, the road is now at trouble. And I'll explain what's really going on, something that no one in the press is talking about, and you need to understand it. That's segment one today in hour number two, and we'll do it in hour number two, a different part of the economy that you need to understand uh, every day this week in the top of hour two. All right, my pillow. You need a great tool to do a good job, right? So you need the best tool. Well, your job is to go to sleep. So you need a great mattress and you need a great pillow and you need air conditioning. I don't know. Oh, I remember the days growing up in Seattle where we left the windows open at night and sometimes it would be as hot as 75 and we'd be like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. <laughs> that would be Montana too. Oh, mm-hmm. and it would be like three days. We'd be like, we got to get air conditioning. And my father was like, it's three days. Sleep through it. Mm-hmm. And then he would brag the rest of the year about great sleeping weather. Mm-hmm. Here, man, you need a great mattress, a great pillow. And if you don't have air conditioning, welcome to hell. Anyway, um, best tools for the job. You have to have them. So let's get you the best pillow. My pillow. If you have trouble sleeping, if you're always constantly fluffing your pillows or whatever, the inventor of my pillow, Mike Lindell, got me fitted for my pillow. I thought my pillow was just one pillow and one size fits all. That's not the way he is actually. He's really thought this through. I mean, what a surprise. Uh, and it matters on how big the pillow is between your head and your shoulder if you sleep on your side. And so you might need a little bit bigger, firmer, whatever. Um, I didn't realize the science that went in on it. Uh, I had the wrong pillow. Uh, he sent me one, and I don't remember it's a blue label or a green label, but I had the wrong one. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, I, I, you know, it's it's a good pillow. And he said, you hate it. And I said, yeah, well, I, yeah, I do. And he said, you have the wrong one. And I said, really, do I, do I? And he said, yeah, you need whichever label it was, which is the more fluffy one, the bigger one. I slept on that. I don't, I don't ever wake up and have to fluff my pillow. It's amazing the difference the right pillow makes. My pillow. They're now offering the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. You can get a two-pack of My Pillow's premium pillows for 69.98. That's only 34.99 per pillow. The offer is available on mypillow.com by calling 800-966-3117. Use the promo code Beck right now. mypillow.com promo code Beck. We break for 10 seconds station ID. Okay. So, Pat, what do you think about all the people that are going to start primarying uh, Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, all right. Bill Weld and Joe Walsh? Yeah. I mean, well, I think I, not Sanford that I don't, is... Not that I don't like Rocky Mountain Way. I do. And when right. he joined the Eagles, I, know. I thought, you know, it's pretty good. I but... said last Friday, life's been good so, so far. far. It's about to end. Now, we've, we've met with... Uh, with Joe Walsh before. Remember, we've, we've talked with him. Guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's, he's just got no shot. He's yeah. got zero, zero shot. 
So it's it's nice to have somebody that is standing up and saying, hey, trade war is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I, you know, you don't have a shot. And, yeah, and so it's good to voice it. But to what to what end? And I to don't what end. You know, the election is so important that I hate to see anybody uh, force the president into using resources on them rather than, you know, the general election, which he must win. He must win it. If if the economy goes south, uh, somebody like Elizabeth Warren, I mean, Joe Biden, mm-hmm. did you see Joe Biden was like, if you're worried about my age, don't, don't vote, vote for me. me. Okay. I mean, Sold. I mean, that's, Sold. I mean, if, Joe, no, no. <laughs> if, you, if I was standing backstage, I'd be like, no, 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 don't say, no, no, uh-huh. don't say that. No, don't, no. Yeah, he's... He is making so, so many mistakes, many. so many mistakes. But then again, maybe that works. I don't know anymore. Yeah, I don't know anymore, but it's pretty straightforward. I think Elizabeth Warren, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but at this point, I, I would put I would bet on Elizabeth Warren. I would not make the underwear bet at this point. That if she wins a nomination, I'll eat my underwear. I would have six months. This this time around, yeah, six six months months ago, ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I should have asked. Yeah, should have. Yeah, darn it. (laughs) I've kind of sworn off that particular bet now. (laughs) (laughs) The Beto thing came too close. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's it is, (laughs) it is. We are close. I, I, I've said before that if the economy goes south, and I mean real south. Mm You are going to have a nation of both Republicans and Democrats that will demand socialism. They will demand it. Yeah, it's chilling. And and they'll get it probably. Yeah, they will. They'll get it with Elizabeth Warren or they'll get it with uh, uh, Bernie Sanders or even Kamala Harris. She's got basically the same. same. They could get the FDR socialism of... of uh, um, you know, of the 1930s, I think possibly mm-hmm. in a collapse with Donald Trump. I mean, you have to remember, this is not an anti-Trump thing. This is an anti-GOP thing. Remember, you know, what George Bush did. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to re- be remembered as the guy who says, hey, stiff upper lip, tough it out. Think how good, though, that would be if you, if you got an FDR in office. I mean, he did get us out of the Depression right out of it within like 12 short years. Well, he so, was dead by the time we got out. <laughs> right. Yes, it was true. another president by the time we got out, <laughs> and it was only a great war that pulled us out. But uh, uh, nothing, to, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Okay, there is an amazing, uh, uh, amazing development in evolution. We're going to talk about it next. All right, sponsor. This half hour is Simply Safe. Let me let me talk to you about something cool about Simply Safe that you might not have known. Say the power goes down in your in your neighborhood. You know, it happens sometimes. There are criminals out there who take advantage of things like that. Because no power means no security systems are working, or at least the one the police uh, are going to think is anything but a false alarm. That is simply safe. It's not going to go out. The batteries in their equipment last up to 10 years. And since Simply Safe verifies their alarms when they go off, you're still looking at police arriving up to 350% faster than with any other of their competitors. The average arrival for police is 45 minutes, but with Simply Safe, it is seven minutes. 
When you learn why this is true, you're going to have Simply Safe in your home. 24-7 monitoring, 350% faster response times. It's from Simply Safe. $15 a month? What are you waiting for? SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. Come share some Christmas fun with Glenn in Salt Lake City, Utah on December 7th. It's a show that will live in infamy. Go to glennbeck.com for all the details. So over the weekend, I watched something from the Hoover Institute. It was about an hour-long dialogue between a, uh, a biologist, a world-renowned biologist, a world-renowned philosopher, and David Galertner uh, from Yale University, who is a world-renowned mathematician. And the subject was Darwinism for suckers. Uh, and um, Galerdner is the driving force behind this, uh, at least this part of the, the news cycle on this, that nobody is paying attention. But he, he was a fan of Darwin and said, I liked it. It was elegantly simple. I thought it was a good way to explain it. It was a good theory. There were parts of it that didn't work. Um, but I'm sorry to see this go, but we have to admit this is not what happened. Darwinism is done because of science and mathematics. And anyone who tells you differently is a zealot and lying. They're not honest. Well, you can imagine that there is going to be some blowback uh, on this. And I was so happy to see uh, that our own Steve Dace is is all over this story. And I wanted to bring Steve in because he probably could explain it a little bit. He's a little smarter than I am. So I thought he could explain it a little bit. Uh, he's written an article for uh, The Blaze. If you challenge Darwinism, you challenge everything about progressivism. Welcome to the program, Mr. Dace. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good to talk to you, Glenn. Thanks yeah. for having me back. You bet. You bet. So tell me how you found this uh, story. Did you just stumble across it? Um, have you watched the Hoover Institute uh, debate on this? I didn't watch the debate. I, I did read some accounts of, of what and it's Galetner. Is that how it's pronounced? Well, uh, I think I mispronounce it. Uh, so don't take it from me. But I've always called him David Galertner and I've done it to his face and he's never corrected me. But he's a really nice guy, well, so he probably wouldn't. <laughs> well, if you do the math on this. Uh, there, there's a there's an astrophysicist from used to be uh, from my neck of the woods at Iowa State, and he got he got ran out uh, at his tenure hearing because he dared to work on the uh, uh, the privileged planet intelligent design project. Mm -hmm. And he he ended up delving into intelligent design because he started doing the math on this. And and the math essentially says the odds that over a random, natural, reoccurring, purposeless, meaningless processes would result in the universe. Uh, on a macro level that we see, uh, the Earth on, a, on a, a mini macro level that we have, and then individual life comprised of 20 trillion complex cells that each of us possess. The odds of that occurring with meaningless, random, you know, purposeless, natural occurrences, no matter any period of time, are about the odds of you taking a follicle of your hair, putting it on a tee on the dark side of the moon, and then with a driver having it land anywhere on planet Earth. Okay, those are the odds. Okay, so, wait, so hang on just a second. So, so people know you really have to read up on this um, and and watch this Hoover Institute. I'll I'll put this on uh, glenbeck.com today, but it is it is fascinating because they go into 
why this doesn't work. They explain, look, for for small things, survival of the, the fittest it might work. For instance, you know, your beak is, you know, a quarter of an inch longer mm-hmm. or your fur is a little thinner or whatever. That might work. And Darwin may explain minute changes, but then they get into what it takes to make one species and the odds are astronomical that we could even have one species. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I'm always fascinated when I go here, when I step on this shibboleth of the damned, I'm always fascinated to see the responses. And so uh, several of, some of the responses I got, Glenn, were, well, uh, this is a mathematics professor. He's not a biologist. Well, great, because neither was Charles Darwin. In fact, when he boarded the HMS Beagle, the, the infancy science that fascinated him was actually geology. All right. And then I was told, well, this guy's not a geneticist. Well, great. Neither was Darwin. In fact, Gregor Mendel, the Catholic monk credited with starting uh, genetics, um, he wrote his first findings in 1866. So he was a contemporary of Darwin's. They never studied each other. They never even met or read each other. Uh, And then the mapping and sequencing of the human genome, which is essentially what we know about the basis of individual life and how it works, that wasn't concluded until well into the 21st century. The individual who led that project for many years, Dr. Francis Collins, is actually a theist. All right. So Darwin wasn't a geneticist either. And then we're told, so it, well, you know, this. go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say that the, the one of their main points is Darwin just didn't know all of the things that we do now. So we have we have the DNA codes now, which he didn't have any idea that there were even genetic codes, let alone how complex they are. So right. there's many things. None of them, these guys are condemning uh, uh, Darwin. They're all saying the same thing. Look, at his time, this was this was very, very bright and could have been. But as we have moved forward the last 150 years, we now know there's no way this is even logical. What you're what you just pointed out, you know, we draw this distinction on my show on a regular basis. That there's a difference between liberals and leftists. The liberals we all got into this business to defeat uh, and argue against are just people who uh, want government to permit you to do this stuff that God says is dumb and immoral. But these new leftists that we're encountering now, these are the dogmas. These are This is the new inquisition, the new antifada. These are people that want government to compel you to do those things. And if you're not willing to, then you will be made to care. And this is now in the world of so-called science at the exact same time. What you're describing with these individuals, these are just men of honest scientific inquiry. I have no idea what their religious or philosophical beliefs are, but they're actually just following the scientific method. They're noting that we didn't get carbon dating until a full century after origin of species almost. Archaeology as a refined science wasn't recognized for another half century after origin of species. So they're just following clues and facts as they see them and letting the chips fall where they may. Well, it's also, you know, Darwin, Darwin didn't, he said in Origin of Species, which is very well argued. I think it's nonsense, but it's very well argued for the time. Um, And he says in there, he can't explain the Cambrian, the Cambrian explosion, which is a, a 70 million year period that all of a sudden you go from no life to an explosion of life overnight. Well, right. where did that come from? Exactly. So to me, I think there's a debate over the origin of species, and then there's a debate over the descent of man. 
And, and what you see in most American faculties today, I mean, Dr. Francis Collins, who led the, the Human Genome Project for many years, um, he couldn't teach earth science at most eighth grade uh, public schools in America. Once he stated he was a theist, they'd kick him out and wouldn't allow it, wouldn't be on a college campus. And the ridiculousness of this is this is now where we're going to take scientific inquiry and we're going to apply worldview and ethical conclusions to it. And the, the ugly stuff of Darwinism that you see with the aborigines and favored races and references to savages, oh, you know, yeah. a lot of that is in Descent of Man, which is kind of the Hadith to, to, to Origin of Species um, Quran, if you get the analogy. Mm-hmm. You know, we often quote the Quran for ugliness, but the real, real ugliness is in the Hadiths. And the same thing is true in the Descent of Man. So the, the philosophical premises, the Nietzsche's, the utilitarianism, the Marxes, all of those things are conclusions of where we take if – if we all agree that life is random and purposelessness, we still need an ethic. We need a mythos to define who we are and why we're here, and this is where the postmodern deconstructionists come in and say, you know what? We've got an alternative plan for you, and that's the alternative religion that these leftists will clutch and hold on to because it's their idol. Are you going to be talking about this on your show today? I'm sure it'll come up for a couple of minutes, yeah. Yeah, okay. Steve, thank you so much. It was a great article that you wrote uh, over the weekend, and I'm glad you're on top of it, and uh, and thank you so much. Appreciate it. You got it, brother. Take care. Steve Dace, he is uh, from the Steve Dace Show, which is heard on the Blaze Radio Network right after uh, this program. And his story is, if you challenge Darwinism, you challenge everything about progressivism. It is, mm. it is, it is one of the most amazing stories scientifically of our lifetime we are now at the point when you listen to these guys now these are not schlubs i mean michael galertner is not a, he's he's not just a mathematician he's david. one of the world uh, david mm-hmm. he's one of the greatest mathematicians of our time um and you know he's looking at this uh just from a mathematical standpoint because one of the guys who said, hey, maybe we should look at the genetic code uh, as as an actual code. Maybe there is something to all of these little things we see, you know, in the microscope. Maybe there is something that's like a code. And so he started breaking it down, and then that led to the human genome, um, uh, what do you call it, a project? Project. Uh, and we have found that it is an actual code. And every gene, every piece of DNA has a code and it's in a certain uh, particular, you know, it's like you got to add a quarter cup of flour. Then you have to add the eggs. Then you have to have this. And it's very different from, you know, a cake to a pie. And sometimes it's just the way you order things. And what David was saying was it, those codes are so complex that if you took a string of, let's say, pearls, and it wrapped, it was a long string of pearls that would go down to your belly, and it could wrap around your neck 15 times. The genetic code for each of us and every animal is the equivalent of saying, okay, this one has to be a ruby, then a diamond, then two pearls, then an amethyst and then whatever uh, you know a piece of coral and they have to be in the right place he said even with all of the time that we have it doesn't work and it also doesn't work with the cambrian explosion 
So he's, he's saying, look, the, the code doesn't work. And then the biggest thing that I, I thought was they were explaining how if you're going to change an animal from one animal to another, you don't do it at the end. So in other words, you don't change a zebra to a cow at the end because the first DNA strand is that of a zebra. The first DNA strand is that of a cow. And then you build it off of that. If you take the genetic code of a zebra, it won't have the bone density. It won't have the structure. It won't have the internal systems that a cow has. So the you can't do it too late. Because then it's just a, you know, it's like a horse and a donkey become a mule. If you do it too late, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't work. If you do it too early, which you must do, the entire structure falls apart. It is a fascinating conversation, a little heady, but mm-hmm. everybody should know it because it I, I believe this is the beginning of the real undoing of not only this this nonsense of of just an explosion and things kind of flew together like monkeys at a typewriter yeah uh and uh and changes as as steve points out all of the marxist theories they all go away if this goes away In today's world, the Internet is everywhere. And if you think it's everywhere now, you just wait. It's in places you couldn't have used it 20 years ago. You can you can now do you can watch a movie in your car. You can sit at a restaurant or a coffee shop and a gas station. And you're just sitting there and you can do all your banking. Cyber criminals are a new and growing bee, uh, breed of ill-intentioned people in our society, and they have made the world of the Internet a very unsafe place, and it's going to get worse. Now, you know the name Norton. It's been in the business for a long time for Internet security. Norton Secure Virtual Private Networks are now available. That's a VPN. And this is going to secure your Wi-Fi connections and keep prying eyes away from all of your information. It'll keep all those companies like Google and Facebook from tracking your movements as well. So, you know, they can send you ads to invade your online experience. Norton Secure VPN. You can browse privately. You can do all of anything you do on the Internet securely. Just go to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection is $333 a month for the first year with annual enrollment. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Terms to apply. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I'm uh, asking, I just wrote to John Bolt, who's one of my favorite uh, co-workers, to post this at uh, glennbeck.com, this, this Darwin thing. It's really amazing. Let, let me just read a couple of things from this. Intelligent design is something only Meyer agrees with, but Berlinski replies, it's three scientists, uh, replies that as a scientific approach, one can agree or disagree, but you should not reject it. 
Meyer talks about the major discoveries in 1950s and 60s concerning the DNA molecule, which encodes information in a somewhat digital format, providing researchers with the opportunity to trace the information back to its source. Gelertner argues that if there is or was an intelligent designer, then why is the design not the most efficient rather than prone to all sorts of problems, including mental and emotional? Robinson quotes Gelertner. Darwinism is no longer just a scientific theory, but a basis of a worldview and an emergency religion for those many troubled souls who need one. Gelertner further adds that it is fantastically challenging problem that Darwin chose to address. How difficult will it be for scientists to move on from Darwin's theory of evolution? Will each scientist need to examine the evidence for his or herself? These are some of the most, in question, uh, most important questions facing science in the 21st century. This is I'm going to post this at glenbeck.com. You really should uh, watch this. Watch this video. Um, it is three really smart, well thought out um People just having a conversation, asking really amazing questions, and I think puts Darwin's theory to bed. Um, watch it, uh, and thanks to the Hoover Institute uh, for for putting that video and that conversation together. You're listening to Glenn Beck. will tell you that it'll be hard for me not to do a Soros uh, a joke or two, uh, but mm. I wouldn't, I hope. Didn't do it to I Ted Kennedy. Didn't do it to Ted we Kennedy. Didn't exactly love. Right. It's just not, it's just not right. No. Anyway, um, home buying season is upon us. Real estate conditions still looking great for much of the country. Equity is on the rise. Rates are low. Prices are affordable. Your dream house is uh, well within reach now with AmericanFinancing.net. Now, I want to be really clear with you. Uh, Everything in me, and you'll understand, we're going to do every second hour of this broadcast, uh, at least over the next three days, uh, maybe the next four days, will cover a different part of the economy. So you really know what's going on and what is coming. Do not get yourself into massive debt. In fact, have American financing help you get out of debt. Help them. They will help you save money, whether you're buying a new home, you're refinancing your home, you're consolidating debt. These are the people I trust. I'm working with them right now to uh, take my home uh, loan and and lower the interest rate. Uh, You want to do this now. AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. Call them 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. 1-800-906-2440. These people will help you get your house in order. AmericanFinancing.net. I want to talk to you and tell you something that no one in the media is talking about. We talked about it six months ago. 
I tucked it in. It's probably something you don't even remember because it didn't seem important at the time. But now with the economy and the trade dispute, it is something you must be aware of. This hour, and we'll do it tomorrow, the next day, and maybe all week, I'm going to explain the economy and, and really try to show you where we're at, what the president needs to do, what you need to prepare for, uh, and why it could all happen, both the good and the bad. And we begin in one minute. This is the Glenbeck Program. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there is a man that taps the sustain pedal of an old piano with the toe of a Tacovis boot. The honky-tonk joint that still carries the ghosts of old cigarettes and stale beer. But the wood floors are new. The brightness of the nostalgia reflects in the polish. Once upon a time, his frontier was fame and fortune. But he found that to be fake and meaningless. You don't get character from fame and fortune. Perhaps you get it from pursuing it and then getting rid of it. Today, he performs for thousands at Carnegie Hall, or at least that's what his smile says as he plays the piano to the delight of the patrons around him. There's something about the boots on his feet that have anchored him between the two worlds, and he's just fine with that. A pair of Tacovis boots... It's for people who are trying to find their frontier or remember what their frontier really is. And it's not about fame and fortune. Tacovis boots are made from the most exotic leathers available. They're handcrafted by world-class boot makers. It takes 200 steps to manufacture a pair of Tacovis boots. And yet their boots, the boots cost about half of what similar boots cost. You should check out not only their selection of boots, but also all the fine leather and clothing products they make. I'm wearing a pair of their jeans right now. Find your pair of Tecovis.com slash Beck. Find your pair at Tecovis.com slash Beck. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash B-E-C-K. Tecovis, Western wear for your frontier. All right, so I want to, there's a lot of people saying, oh, thanks, uh, Donald Trump, for wrecking the the Obama uh, economic policy growth and all the great things we had. There's a lot of blame going around for the economy, and there's going to be a ton more. So I want to start, I'm going to take you three places today. Who broke the economy and how they broke it? What's really going on? Then, how the rest of the world views us. And it's shocking. We truly are the last best hope for mankind. And I can tell you that because I'm going to show you how countries are putting their money where their mouth is. Or actually, their money where their mouth isn't. They can talk America down. But boy, oh boy, they have a lot to lose if we fail. And then I want to share something about China that is really critical for you to understand. I call it the Trump card that no one knows anybody is holding. First, let's start with the economy. From America's heartland, we see the headlines telling us farm and bankruptcies 
have reached levels not seen since the farm crisis in the 1980s. And in some states, more than 80% of farms are now facing bankruptcy. This is a real problem. This was one of the mainstays and the, 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 one of the spines, if you will, or several of the vertebrae in the spine of the Trump election. Farmers. More than 20 American cities, virtually all of them Democratic strongholds, have a homeless crisis that have reached epidemic proportions. While at the CDC, they are now having to dust the textbooks to figure out how to deal with outbreaks of typhus and cholera, tuberculosis, measles, polio, and the bubonic plague. Progressivism has taken us to the Stone Age. Since 2012, 95% of the wage and income growth is concentrated at the top 5% wealthiest households. Same is true with corporations. While 75% of the Fortune 500 companies have shown income growth since 2014, more than 60% of small business owners have reported shrinking incomes. That's Main Street. Also not good for the president. While the Fed and Uncle Sam report that we're enjoying full employment, 100 million American adults are still not in the labor force. Around the world, nearly all sovereign bonds issued by uh, governments now have a negative yield, which I'll explain in a minute, including Germany, France, Japan, Italy, Belgium, Switzerland, the UK, Brazil, and South Africa. Even when adjusting for population growth, student debt, corporate debt, Credit card debt, government debt are now all at all-time highs. Something is broken, and many of us are holding our breath and hoping that things are going to be okay because we have some positive things happening. But there are others all around the world that want this economy to fall apart. Something's broken. So now where do we put the blame? Well, Trump broke it. Mm -hmm. He cut taxes while dramatically increasing government spending, sending our deficits and debt to levels that exceeded the worst of the Obama years. And he has put tariffs on more than 40% of the goods imported into the United States, which makes things more expensive for the average person. But then again, maybe it was Obama and the Democrats distorting more than 20% of the U.S. economy with Obamacare sending health care costs soaring and making millions off of student debt uh, by making people into serfs, by using federal student loans as a piggy bank to fund health care exchanges. Or maybe it was the Fed in Wall Street who created the housing crisis with ultra-low interest rates after the dot-com bubble and by turning the mortgage industry into a speculation, a futures market with collateralized debt obligations. But maybe it was Bush too. I mean, Bush too. he got us into two forever wars in the Middle East, costing the taxpayers more than a trillion dollars and resulting in, what, negotiations with the Taliban? Couldn't we have done that in 2003? Iraq and Afghanistan are both still in shambles. Syria is still run by Assad. Iran is currently seizing oil tankers at will in the Gulf. And our will to fight is at an all-time low. But maybe it was Clinton. 
because Clinton is the guy who federalized Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac in a bid to help poorer Americans who couldn't afford down payments to gain to gain the access to the American dream and home ownership, resulting in millions of Americans living in homes they couldn't pay for when unemployment spiked. Of course, then again, it was probably Reagan's fault. Because Reagan implemented a successful program to end the Cold War, but he did it by outspending the Soviets in a military buildup, but in turn sent the budget deficit soaring for the first time. (sighs) But I don't like to blame us, so let's look to the Saudis, because it was probably the Saudis who in the 1960s colluded with the U.S. to create the petrodollar, forcing all nations to pay for oil only in U.S. dollars, trapping all, all nations around the world against their will onto the U.S. dollar standard so long as the House of Saud controlled OPEC. Or it could be Nixon. Nixon, who took America and the world due to the Bretton Woods Agreement, which tied all global currencies to the U.S. dollar, off the gold standard in 1971. That way we could have a never-ending cycle of credit expansion and inflation, and that's what really pushed the world to economic disaster. Or it could be Johnson, who said we'll spend our way out of poverty. We'll make sure that no child is ever poor. Our federal debt today is about $23 trillion. We have spent on this war on poverty, coincidentally, about $23 trillion, and nothing has changed. Then again, it could be Franklin Roosevelt. I mean, Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson, they created Medicare, Social Security, farm subsidies, unemployment insurance, three programs which together consume over 70% of all federal tax revenue turning America into the largest and costliest welfare state in the history of the world. We spend more than the Soviet Union did with a total cost of $2.5 trillion per year. Now, we got to go back further. Who destroyed it? It was probably at the creation of the Federal Reserve when Congress formally abdicated its constitutional responsibility to maintain and defend the nation's money supply, gold and silver, instead handing control of our monetary system and currency to a cabal of private banks, which we still don't know which ones they are, and bankers who shifted the U.S. and the world to a fiat currency system. I mean, I could go on, but I think you see the dilemma. What ails the U.S. and the global economy is not Trump's tariffs, though they are a bad idea, in my opinion. It's not the transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy. It's not the bank and corporate bailouts of 2009 that papered over the financial crisis with ever-increasing unpayable debt. It's all of these things. It's 100 years of misadventure through progressivism in foolhardy policy failures, evaluating Each one in a vacuum can make it seem like it was a good idea at the time. But when you examine it as a connected series of events in context, what do you get? You get a clear picture of policy decisions that made an eventual global financial crisis a matter of unavoidable inevitability. Period. So who broke the economy? Well, if we're going to be honest and we're going to talk about what's coming, 
and how to fix it. We all have to stop the finger pointing and say we all did. In one way or another, we all did. Our grandparents, our parents, and us. And now your kids will break it even further by doing more of the very thing that started us along this misadventure in the first place. More government intervention, more central planning, more socialism. That's the root of it. If you look at the entire litany of poor policy decisions that have brought the world once again to what many believe is the brink of economic disaster and possibly world war, the seed of which sprouted the poisonous tree was the idea that the natural self-organizing and self-correcting economic cycle ever present in a free market economy should be controlled by directors and government bureaucracies. And as usual, more government will not be the right answer, but it will be the one I believe even Republicans will clamor for in the coming storm. That's exactly what we can expect the experts to try yet again. What is the definition of insanity again? Here's why we must not do that. America, the last best hope for mankind, truly, and the numbers explain it. Next. So how many times have you signed up for an account online and clicked, I agree? You don't agree. You just don't want to read it, right? I've No, I've read that. I agree. I've read the whole thing. You haven't read a word of it. We've all done it. And even though, even though we all know this is not a good thing, I, I, they could be taking my house right now. It's no big deal. If only a small percentage of your data is going out to other companies. But a recent study suggests that more than 99% of Americans could be correctly re-identified from any data set by using attributes like age, gender, gender, and marital status. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want all my stuff sold to people. I don't want to be categorized, but that is exactly what this is doing. It's putting us all into groups. The good news is there's LifeLock, and LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threat threats and keeps you informed of it if someone out there is trying to get a hold of or sell your information online. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and get an extra 10% off your first year by using promo code BECK. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use the promo code BECK and you'll get an extra 10% off now. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK. We break now for 10 seconds. Station ID. Since the end of World War II, and even more especially since the U.S. took the entire Western world off the gold standard, and that's when Nixon closed the Fed's gold window in 1971, all of the nations on Earth went on a binge of credit expansion. It's why none of us would be willing to go back and live into the 1960s at their standards, because we bought all of this stuff on credit. 
And for a long time, the technological expansion that enabled massive population growth made this work. For all the new currency that was created through ever more debt-denominated currencies, new populations were created to absorb, support, and repay that debt. New food was grown, new industries, new workers, new consumers. But what happens when that expanding debt dramatically starts to outpace not on the rate of the population growth, but the rate of productive population growth. Western first world populations capable of absorbing every expanding debt expansion peaked in 2009. So in other words, our population is still growing, but not with the right kind of growth. They're not people that can help us pay for this debt. Since that time, populations for Germany, the UK, France, Canada are all flat. Now, there's a population explosion uh, and expansion in the US, Austria, Italy, Greece, but 81% of that expansion in those countries is due to immigration and largely from second or third world countries. Now, this is not about anything to do with cultural or immigration stats or anything else, this is all an economic stat. Immigrants from second and third world countries coming into modern Western civilizations generally take two to three generations to be able to absorb debt and credit expansion by contributing to in a significant way to tax base uh, and uh, debt payment capacity. So in other words, we're going to have to wait for them to be able to afford all of the things that we're spending right now. And because they're here and not contributing in a significant way to the tax base, we are racking up even more debt because they are costing us money. This is happening all over the world. As of Q2 2019, now listen to this, 94% of the yield, so 94% of the profit on sovereign, that's government bond debt, 94% of the profit on government bond debt comes from the United States of America. Sovereign funds are what the UK has and everybody else. They have a collection of money. They invested in bonds. 94% of what they get by buying those bonds, the profit comes from us. The United States of America also represents 81% of all AAA corporate bond yield among all G20 nations. So in other words, it's Apple, it's General Motors, it's all American companies. 81% of of the profit coming to the rest of the world is because they've invested in American AAA companies. Eight of the G20 nations now issue 50 or 100-year bonds at zero interest. Let me say that again. Eight out of the G20 nations are offering 50 to 100-year bonds at zero. So in other words, if you are in Norway and you want to make sure that you have $100 in 50 years, you park it in their 50 or 100-year bond at zero you park it there and in 50 years they give you 100 dollars back so all that money is parked 
and no one's making any money off of it. Zero of the G20 nations project a balanced budget or positive budget. Zero are projecting a positive budget over the next 20 years. China is the worst offender on the planet. If you think our debt spending is crazy, China at a rate of negative 487% of GDP growth over 20 years. The U.S. is 10th in the world at 68% of GDP growth over the next 20. So this is what this means. Whatever our GDP, whatever it is we all make together, over the next 20 years, take 68% of that number and add it to our debt. There's more. Taken as a whole, over 81% of government spending for G20 countries will be spent on entitlement programs and pensions. Among the G20 nations, 16 have population declines by 2030. They're all counting on the United States of America. We are their only profit center. The problem is, we're in trouble too. And the math doesn't add up for the West. All right, let me tell you um, about the USCCA. It is no secret we're living in scary times, uh, and things could get worse. Um, People commit horrible, violent acts now. Politicians using the wrong legislative policy to try try to combat that violence. Now, we need more gun laws. No, we don't. Now, more than ever, protecting yourself and your loved one needs to be a top priority. Uh, did you hear that you can now carry a concealed permit or you can, you can carry a concealed weapon in churches now in Texas? They just changed the law. The world's going one way. Texas is going the other. That's why I live in Texas. The Concealed Carry Association is here to help the USCCA. I want you to text the word Glenn to 87222. Claim your free entries to win a brand new gun. The USCCA provides industry-leading self-defense education, training, and legal protection for Americans just like you. What they do is so important. Text the word GLEN, G-L-E-N-N, to 87222. Do it now. GLEN at 87222, and you could win a brand new gun. Tickets are going really fast to spend some time with Glenn this Christmas season. In Salt Lake City, Utah, December 7th, go to glennbeck.com. GlennBeck.com for all the details. Okay, all this week, we're going to be talking in this hour. I invite you, if you just joined us, to go back and listen to the podcast. You can hear it on uh, iHeart, you know, the iHeart app or Apple or whatever, but This is an economic special through the week because I think it's very important that you understand what's around the corner. And today we've been talking about who broke the markets and how it's all of us. Uh, And throughout the last hundred years, it's it's flawed thinking that has to be changed. Uh, And then how the rest of the world is relying on us. The only profit center for these countries in their investments are all coming from the United States and what the debt looks like overseas. All right. 
I want to give you one more piece today. And this is this is something that I urge, urge the president to please pay attention to. He is playing an extraordinarily dangerous game right now with the Chinese. The Chinese, if you remember in um, the early 20th century, the United States under Wilson forced Great Britain to choose either the United States or Japan. And it was in the arrogance of Woodrow Wilson and the progressives. The British said, please don't, you don't understand the Japanese. Please don't make us do this. And we did. Well, they never forgot that in Japan. And that is one of the key elements of why they bombed us in 1941. Because we humiliated them. We are currently humiliating the Chinese. And that is not something that you go back from. They will remember this. Now, they have no pun intended, a trump card that we talked about six months ago. And I want to explain it to you because I want you to know exactly what nobody's talking about this because they all want to play politics. I don't care about politics. I care about you having some money left over you having a job, all of us having a country left. This is why this is getting very dangerous. Because we are seeing the escalation back and forth, the trade war threats. China came out today and said, we don't want any more of this trade war. Hopefully, the president will now sit down and do it. However, we are seeing more product boycotts. We're talking now, the president is saying companies need to leave China. Um, We also have a new plan to sell Taiwan billions of dollars of advanced fighter jets, a warship, a U.S. warship sailed through the Strait of Taiwan. This is not a destroyer. This was a marine transport ship capable of carrying an entire regiment of U.S. combat troops and support vehicles right, right in between Taiwan and China. They don't. That's humiliation to them. Now, here's what I want you to know that you won't hear elsewhere. We reported this uh, about six months ago, and it is the what the communist, the Chinese Communist Party has up its sleeve in any economic war. Recall that we covered this on the blaze and uh, on this radio program during the first quarter of this year. And what we talked about was how China's central bank created $50 trillion U.S. in off-balance sheet currency between 2015 and 2018. Now, this was according to the People's Bank of China, their annual financial stability report. It was on page 62. We told you this is just them saying, oh, you know what? We're going to open another set of books and we're going to make $50 trillion. We're just going to print $50 trillion. Now, that $50 trillion created from thin air was loaned to Chinese banks and government-controlled companies. It is not counted on their balance sheet as public debt. It's actually being counted as an asset since it was loaned off the balance sheet from the central bank to the Chinese. This sounds bad for them, but I want you to continue to listen. As reported in Foreign Policy magazine, an estimated 25 trillion of that currency was used to refinance zombie companies 
and the, 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 the banks have. They're building these cities. There's nothing. They're building these companies. They're nothing. They're all declining. They're all falling apart. And so the Communist Party is propping them up. So half, $25 trillion, was loaned to support these companies and these ghost cities. The other $25 trillion was used to invest in Western financial markets via offshore entities, which means no one knows who owns what stocks and bonds and funds. Of that, between 14 and $16 trillion, the Chinese took and invested in our equities, stocks, all held in these shell corporations that we don't know. Another $10 trillion invested in other Western equities, including real estate, stocks, and bonds of the EU, Canada, and Australia. Now, Rubio got wind of this in late 2018, and in March 2019, he introduced the Equitable Act, an amendment to the Sarbanes-Oxley Accounting Act of 2002. It would require any foreign corporate entity wishing to acquire U.S. equities to report on ownership structure the parent companies prior to executing an equity purchase not a bad idea but the act would not be retroactive so the 14 to 16 trillion dollars controlled by the chinese communist party via the shell companies and banks is already done so what does that all mean do you remember when uh, the financial crash happened in 2008. The Pentagon reported that there was a flash crash. Somebody, a sovereign fund, which is not $16 trillion, a sovereign fund pulled all of their money out of the stock market, which precipitated the crash. What this means is that the Cold War between us and China could turn into a very hot war, financially speaking. And the president of China has his finger on a massive launch button. And that button doesn't say launch missiles, doesn't say nukes, it just says sell. If the president orders the Chinese government or the communists order these companies a sell order, he can effect- if, uh, effectively crash all of our stock markets. And since we're talking about funny m- money, because they they just printed it, they don't have any problem. I mean, no skin off their nose. It's not real money. They're playing with monopoly money. And they could crash our markets. Now, it's unlikely that our president has no idea that the Chinese hold a significant amount of U.S. stocks. On the books, China officially states that they own about $3 trillion of our stocks and our real estate, not including the $1.6 trillion in U.S. sovereign bonds. So when they say they're funding our debt, what they have is $1.6 trillion of our bonds. We are now talking about 14 to $16 trillion in our stock market alone. In total, that's $25 trillion in Western U.S. equities and real estate. What isn't clear 
is our appetite to take this risk and how real we think this threat is. But make no mistakes. The Chinese Communist Party seems positioned to weaponize our U.S. financial assets against us should they choose to turn a Cold War into a hot one. And everyone will poo-poo this. Everyone will say it won't be in their best interest. And that's true. But when you're dealing with communists, the Chinese, and people who look at humiliation completely differently, do not expect those people to play by the rules you understand. Tomorrow, recessions, good for economies, bad for presidents. The president, I, I am praying that the president um, is, uh, is, is about to, at the end of these, these uh, trade um, embargoes. Uh, and it looks like maybe he will be. Um, it looks like the G20 was really good. China has signaled that they want an end to it. Uh, and if the president uh, will agree to that, we could be past this and our economies will start to pick up and roar again. But we'll explain why recessions are good for our economic situation long run, but very bad for presidents on tomorrow's second hour of this broadcast. Also, the next day, MMT. It's not modern, it's not monetary, and it's not a theory. But you're going to hear a lot about it because the politicians are already talking about something called MMT. And it is the most terrifying thing I have heard because it comes from the Stone Age. And then the next day, what do we all do about it? All this week on the Glenn Beck Program. All right. We stand at the crossroads of every cubicle row in the building. You stand there and you look behind you a tumbleweed of crumpled paper flying across the carpet. It's just you and the printer. <whistles> High noon. One of you has to make a move before you can go to lunch. The screen just reads, processing, processing. Your trigger finger, finger inches at your side to hit print again, but you don't. Your back aches from standing there for so long in one place... If you only had your X chair. It's got a dynamic variable lumbar support. Something you need in the wild west of business. But if you go to get it, then Susan from accounting is probably going to try to reload the paper. And that's just going to make things much, much worse. So you just stand there. Maybe you could, maybe you could get it. Beat her back to the printer. You'd be so much more comfortable while you wait. Overhead, you hear the sound of a far-off buzzard. <laughs> What's it going to be, partner? Your chair? We're being eaten by the buzzard at the printer. Go grab your X-Chair now. Make your back feel so much better. Xchairbeck.com. That's Xchairbeck.com. I'm sitting in one right now. It makes It is the world of dif difference. It is, I think, the best office chair. Oh, I know it is the best office chair I've ever sat in. I think it's the best office chair uh, available, especially at the price. 
and it's $100 off right now at xchairbeck.com. Go there and use the uh, promo code XWheels, and you're going to get a free set of the new XWheels. I love those, along with whiskey in a milk carton. Uh, it's xchairbeck.com. xchairbeck.com. Promo code Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, boy. We're just watching the end of the G uh, the G7 summit. It wraps up in France. Macron has just been uh, talking uh, along with the uh, president at the uh, press conference saying, hey, you know, what we have here is uh, a problem of uh, communication. Uh, China is uh, playing some games and uh, uh, Mr. Donald Trump is uh, destabilizing things. And Trump is just standing next to him like, uh, I'm about to say something, Frenchy Frenchman. Yeah. Uh he doesn't look happy about he it. He does not look happy. And Pat and I were just sitting here watching the screen. <laughs> we just just watching the body language and reading the text. And we're like, <laughs> what is he going to say? What is he going to say? Um, the uh, it, it looks like they had some breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Is that your read of it, Pat? Yeah, I think that's the way it's being reported. Yeah, that they had some but, breakthroughs. Uh, yeah. and And that it went pretty well. Although, yeah. CNN, if, not if you're to listen to CNN, but nothing goes well uh, with Donald Trump, according to CNN. But everybody else is reporting that it, it actually went pretty well, and they, they ironed some things out. But then uh, Macron was just talking about uh, that the, the trade war between the U.S. and China has to end. And I'm not sure how pleased President Trump was uh, with what he was saying. So he's he's now saying that, look, China has lost three to five million jobs and it's about to get much, much worse. Uh, and yeah. uh, these things are effective. And, and this kind of goes to what we were talking about. People will say, you know, they've got all this money invested in our bonds and our stocks and they're not going to throw that away. Well, what you don't understand is what we're living through right now is a global policy of of um, equalization. We're all just kind of mm-hmm. bringing the economies down and bringing the dollars and the all of our uh, all of our economic systems down slowly, so it could be restarted in a in a new grand unifying way. Donald Trump is not on that bandwagon, and Donald Trump is like, no, I think we should go the other way. Well, the whole world has said. No, no, we all agree that we should all bring our economies down. Because so, that's the arrangement they had with Obama. Yeah. Obama was fine bringing the United States down to the rest of the I world. Think, I think George Bush was, too. I think he was. I mean, yeah. you know, we talked about this under George Bush. That we have to abandon the free enterprise system to save the free enterprise system. <laughs> right. That's what that means. Yeah. Uh, and we'll just bring it down and we'll land the plane. We, we talked about it in 08. We had a choice, slam into the side of a mountain mm-hmm. or land in the trees. And we landed, we're trying to land in the trees. And that's what everybody is doing. And Trump is like, no. How about I, we don't crash? How about we don't crash? How about we avoid the mountain mm-hmm. and we don't crash into the trees? Well, the rest of the world doesn't like that um, because we have the ability to actually do it. If China has the choice with the debt that they have going... They're going to crash. 
and they'd rather bring all of us down so we're on a level playing field than leave the United States standing. You're listening to Glenn Beck. That is one of the most outrageous things ever. So outrageous. So outrageous. He may be responsible for many million more deaths than Than Hitler, Stalin, Stalin and Mao. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Okay, so let me just tell you real quick about Relief Factor. Relief Factor is a game changer for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but it was a game changer for me. Um, I have an inflammation problem, and that is a source of most of the pain. Uh, there was a time where I could not live without strong, uh, really strong medication. And it was devastating. I hated it, hated it. I now, I mean, I've gone days and days and days and days and days without it. I have to take it sometimes when I fly. Uh, but relief factor has taken care of the pain that I can now deal with and be clear-minded and drug-free it is so great please try it relieffactor.com relieffactor.com Some Americans are warming up to socialism. Yay! Yay! <laughs> even, <laughs> even Miami Cubans are starting to warm up to it. We have uh, we have real problems uh, here in America, and we are starting to look at our our um, our morals and our all the things that we have ever held dear, all of our ideals are all changing we'll get to that and so much more in one minute this is the glenbeck program all right american financing are the people that are going to help you uh get your life really in order uh the the one thing that's easy to get into and really hard to get out of is the box of credit card debt the average inter- interest rate for credit cards is 18%. That means 18% of your monthly budget is just eating. You're, how are you going to pay for that? If you're a homeowner, you can consolidate that high interest debt into a mortgage at a much lower rate. I mean, 4 and 5% uh, or 18 Okay, you could pay it off. And save hundreds of dollars a month, even $1,000 or more. I want you to call American Financing. They're salary-based mortgage consultants. They're going to create a custom loan program without restarting your loan term. You're not paying interest on years that you don't need. They never charge you an upfront fee, and it takes 10 minutes to get started. I want you to call them. I am doing this myself. I am getting a new adjust, uh, a, a, a fixed rate for my home i want to make sure that i'm out of debt i want to make sure that my interest rates are as low as possible you need to batten down the hatches if you are you want to live more responsibly in 2019 and 2020 make that your goal and your first stop should be with american financing 
get out of debt. And the debt you do have, make sure you have the lowest interest rate possible. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay. So America's values have changed. The values that Americans say define the national character are now changing as younger generations rate patriotism, religion, and having children much less important than young people did two decades ago. NBC News and the Wall Street Journal did a survey. Americans 21 years ago to say which values were most important to them. Strong majorities picked the principles hard work, patriotism, commitment to religion, and the goal of having children. Today, hard work is the thing that that remains at the top of the list. But the other three values have fallen substantially. 61% in the new survey cited patriotism as important to them, but it was down 9 percentage points from 1998. 50% cited religion, but that was down from 62. Some 43% placed a high value on having children, but that's down 16 points. So that's, uh, that's not good because those are the, those are the legs of, uh, of the table. Patriotism for the sake of patriotism means nothing. But if you are looking at the country. I, I was sitting next to somebody in church yesterday and really, really decent woman. She's great. Um, she's younger than I am. She's raising a family and she, we were talking about something and she said, just almost out of rote now, she said, you know, and I know America was based on slavery. And, and I said, what? <laughs> what? And she said, America was based on uh, racism and slavery. And I said, no, no, it wasn't. Would you come over to my house today? So her family came over to my house yesterday. I spent about two hours showing. No, no, that is not true. That is not true. Um, And we have to stop believing this stuff. We have to start looking at the truth and say, okay, So were there bad guys? Yes. Are there bad guys now? Yes. Are there bad guys in China, which is communist and oh, lovey-dovey? Yeah, a lot. Are there some good things that are coming out of China? Sure. Were there some good things that came out of Venezuela? I can't find them. But apparently teachers can. Do you hear about the teachers that went down to Venezuela? Yeah. The teachers union people teachers from union Chicago. People from Chicago. Yeah. They come back and they're just full of joy with how great things are in Venezuela. They said they saw no poor people in Venezuela. Huh. Are you out of your mind? What do you think? We're, you think this is like 1912 where we can't communicate with people in Venezuela? Unbelievable. Things are Things are changing dramatically and... Look, we are being we are being boxed in and you have to understand that. 
What's happening in the world right now is there is a big change on the horizon. We're going from the uh, the kind of economy that we've always had to a complete, completely different digital uh, and uh, technological economy that really doesn't need a lot of people. Did you see that the government now is starting to tax companies that are replacing people with robots? I told you. Now, wait a minute. Can they do that? Taxation without representation? Who's representing the AI? So, and believe me, that will be brought up within 10 years. Um, what exactly... Um, what exactly how are we going to navigate this world how do we change something as dramatic as the industrial revolution but this one's going to happen in 10 years and we're in the middle of it now we're about a year into it how are we going to manage this how are we all why is it that no one seems on either side to care about the debt because everyone in the world doesn't care about the debt now why we just talked about this last hour all this week in the second hour of this broadcast i'm doing something on the economy the things that you need to understand because the time to prepare is almost past and this one's going to hit hard when it hits it's going to hit hard might not hit for a long time might hit tomorrow but you better be prepared and you have to know the facts because we're being boxed in to one way we are currently having a controlled decline. The entire world is on a controlled, I hate to use the word self-destruct because it seems like that blows up and there's nothing left. What they're trying to do is bring everyone down at the same time so all of us mm -hmm. are equal and we're all equally miserable so they can reset and start something new. We talked about this, the, the seeds of this sown by Barack Obama and and maybe before that but oh, I, Obama certainly uh, Obama was the first to start it. to move in this direction seriously yeah but and we've been moving openly. in this yeah we've been moving in this direction for a long time and if you want to see the real first obvious move it was George Bush I'm gonna you mm -hmm. know violate the free market mm -hmm. to save the free market yep um, and that was a controlled decline now Donald Trump is looking at no, I, uh, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Now, whether he is, is knowingly do the, doing this, but this is why he's causing so much tension around the world, because he's... He's not playing the game. He's not playing the game. He's not willing to play the game of yeah. the central bankers and everyone else. And Boris, what's his name? Uh, Johnson? Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson. The prime minister. He used to not like Donald Trump. Okay. He avoided Donald Trump mm -hmm. back in 2015, said he was a buffoon. Now they're like buddies. Why? Because Boris, Boris Johnson is doing the same thing Donald Trump is. Donald Trump, I think, is doing it just because of his gut. Boris Johnson is smart enough to where his gut kind of says this, but I bet he intellectually understands what's going on. And here's what's going on. The people at the G20 this weekend, people like Macron in France, they want to keep this on a controlled decline. Let's not have any bloodshed. Let's not have anything. Let's just bring it down. 
and um, and uh, we'll reset and we'll figure it out when we get to the bottom. So he's choosing to be with the elites, the bankers, the central banks, the politicians, all of those people who are like, no, 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 we got this. We got this. He's playing the old game. Donald Trump and Boris Johnson are not playing that game. They're picking the people. I'll be with the people. In the end, historically speaking, the ones who win are usually the ones who stick with the people. Sometimes they can go awry um, if they're if if they start violating principles, then they just they go awry and and they lose in the end as well. But it's the people like Macron, historically speaking, that get their heads chopped off first because the people say, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. My question is. In what we did last hour, Pat, I think if the president got on and said, look, I want to show you, I want to explain what's happening and laid out what I laid out last hour and showed you how the rest of the world is relying only on America. All of their income, all of their investment money is all coming from either U.S. stocks or U.S. bonds. They are getting nothing elsewhere, and they're dumping money into us. Mm -hmm. So if we fail, they definitely fail. So if the president came out and said, look, what's happening around the world is a, is a controlled decline, and I just don't want to peter out like that. I don't think that's right. I think we can turn this ship around, but we're going to have to tighten our belt. We're going to have to do some things. And he really explained that the rest of the world really is depending on a United States of America. I'm not in on this plan to fundamentally change who we are. I'm on a plan of saying we're better than this and people fix it when they're unleashed and actually unleash the people take down all of these barriers here in the United States, all of these, all the bureaucracy here in the United States and say, it's up to you to fix it. You have to be responsible. You have to live within your means. The United States of America is going to start living within her means. The rest of the world may balk at that because it will mean real trouble for them. Because we're stepping out and saying, we're not playing the rest of the world's game. That's what Washington would have done. That's probably what Lincoln would have done. Um, it's not what FDR, well, I can't say that. FDR would have used it to America's advantage. He would have made sure we were at the top of the heap in the controlled, you know, decline. That's what we did in, in World War II. Do you think people would freak out by that? Or do you think they would step to the plane? No, I think they'd respond to that. I think Americans would respond to that challenge. If he, if he made it really clear that the rest of the world, and pointed out all of these figures, and helped Americans understand where we are financially in this global economy and said, we're not going down with the rest of them. Isn't it amazing in 20 minutes how easy it is to explain? Yeah. And it's no amazing. one is explaining it to you. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? Hold the, it. The fact that we have lent out, we just printed up $50 trillion and lent it out. No, we didn't. No, the Chinese government. Oh, the did. Chinese government. The did. Chinese government. Right. They let fifty, 50 trillion dollars off the books, and you can find this mm -hmm. in their own report on page sixty-six, last oh, year's crazy. economic report. They printed 
out of thin air, $50 trillion. Give some perspective on how much money that is. According to the CIA, the total amount circulating in the world is $80 trillion. So all the money and you have all to in one pile. broad money with that. I, I guess broad money is, is the money that you use to impress the broads. <laughs> no, over there. no, I don't uh, think that's no, what it means. That's not what no. it is? Okay. I don't know what broad money means. What is it? I, I think that means... Um, like when you include treasuries and stocks and bonds. Yeah, it and... should be all paper money that is being used. Because that's only $60 trillion. $60 trillion. Yeah, okay. so the China, what is that, 90% that the, the, the Chinese just printed out of thin air? Thin air. And then they took half of that and invested it in their own ghost companies and ghost villages. <laughs> and the other half they put in U.S. stocks. In, uh, through offshore companies. So think of that. They took 80% of every dollar printed. In and the world. They, in the world. Yeah. In the world. They took 40% and just put it into our stock market. That's you, nuts. That's, that's that is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So dangerous. And if the United States says, you know what, we're not going to play this game, and it's between China and the United States, the the Chinese would much rather play on a level playing field with both of us destroyed than just them destroyed. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, they are, they, they think that they will survive and they probably would. They have more people, but they would probably survive better because they're closer to living, you know, in caves without technology and air conditioning than we are. Are you devoted to your career? Of course you are. You go to work with the idea that you're going to be the best possible employee. You're going to do the best job you can every day. Now, it's a mark of personal integrity to work with the idea that you're going to leave the job better than you found it. But for those who work with pain every day, especially real, just agonizing pain. Your, much of your day, much of your energy is just spent fighting your pain. It doesn't have to be that way. Relief Factor is a great way to reduce the inflammation that causes the pain, and it works for about 70% of the people who try it. Relief Factor is not a drug. For nineteen ninety-five, you can get a three-week quick start to see if it works. Now, that's not very much to see if you can vastly improve the quality of your life. So I want you to try it and see if it helps you. If you're in pain, please, this is drug-free. It's a natural way to ease your pain and get your life back. So go to relieffactor.com. Order their three-week quick start, relieffactor.com. We pause for 10 seconds, station ID. So I was in uh, church yesterday, and as I was sitting there, um, they said, uh, we'd like to read a statement from uh, the church, and that is that the state of Texas has decided now that you can carry uh, open or concealed 
in churches. This is a new thing. <laughs> Only Texas, man. Yeah. That's just I mean, amazing. I love the I love the fact that Texas Great. no matter what anybody we're going else the opposite is saying, direction every time. You yeah. guys go ahead and do that. Yeah, we're it, we're doing this. It really is that you know what uh, Davy Crockett said, you can all go to hell. I'm going to Texas. Mm-hmm. It's the rest of the country, you can all go to hell. You're getting rid of guns and everything else, whatever. Hey, by the way, here in church, you want to open care you want to put a sidearm on your hip? Have a good time. That is nuts in, in a great way. That is nuts in today's mm-hmm. society. Now, some churches are saying, and ours, said, including ours, yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't, don't. yeah, don't carry a gun. Don't. This is a place of peace and everything else. And um, kind of, kind of leaves us sitting ducks, though, if uh, somebody else doesn't follow that uh, well, guidance. Well, it leaves you, know? you a sitting duck if you decide to really <laughs> listen Comply. to all. Yeah. Uh-huh. things and right. i had a problem hearing that yesterday oh you did because it I sounded like was... to me you were just explaining it pretty well i no? know i also i no. think i might have 24 hours alzheimer's um <laughs> uh but uh it's really uh i think there were a few people uh that were like who took umbrage to hmm, that i press? wasn't listening hmm. i didn't hear that because <laughs> you know we've had problems yeah. We've had problems because yeah. of me, but we've had problems. And it was the greatest. It was, I thought, only in Texas. We had somebody come in and uh, started, you know, doing some things. My family uh, was pulled out, and immediately four guys that were just sitting in the pews that all had guns, they all just kind of stood up and escorted this gentleman to a nice, uh, nice police car. Uh, and they took care of it mm. themselves, uh, and it was uh, it was pretty amazing, pretty yeah. amazing. And who knows what could have happened uh, if if we all weren't wearing guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't understand. You know, the the deaths or what what is it? I can't remember the numbers, but it's like it over double, maybe three times the amount of life saving measures are taken then there are losses of of people in a shooting there is it's like it's like 750 i I can't remember the numbers but it's it's like two or three times the number of people that use a gun to stop somebody from killing them every year and you never hear that no you don't you never hear that the other thing is that um over 90 percent of the mass shootings happen in Gun-free zones. Yes. Where you can't have a gun. Well, why? Well, because they know they're going to be safe to go and, and murder people, and nobody's going to be able to retaliate yeah. until the police arrive 10 minutes later. Well, I know in some churches, you know, in some states, you can't carry a gun. It's legal to carry a gun in a church uh, and now in Texas. So if you're thinking about doing anything in a church, now I want to try another state. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying because Texans... Uh, kind of take their own security in, you know, into their own, into their own worlds. You know, they're they're not really the kind that wait for the cops to show up. Yeah. Uh, ever, ever, ever. All right, back in a minute. This is the Glenbeck program. So I want to tell you uh, a little bit about uh, Goldline. Um. With everything I told you in hour number two, and if you missed it, uh, you shouldn't, um, go back and listen to it in the podcast. Gold 
or silver is a very good investment right now. It has been going through the roof uh, over the last few. And as people begin to understand what we're really facing, what's really happening, gold is going to continue to go up, I believe. Uh, Now, I don't buy it uh, for investment. So don't listen to me on investment because I'm not qualified to tell you that. I am just, well, I will tell you this. I bought it at $300 an ounce and uh, what's it at? $1,500, $1,600 $1,500, an ounce mm-hmm. today. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's been a good investment for me, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. I will tell you that the world, as it gets crazier, and as things become more unpredictable, they turn to gold or silver. My goal in the rest of 2019 and 2020 is to make sure that I have battened down every single hatch and Goldline is a good place to start. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Call them now. Come share some Christmas joy with Glenn in Salt Lake City, Utah, December 7th. Go to glenbeck.com and you can get all the details there. I'd like to have some laughs at the expense of Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden had an interesting weekend. Uh, I, uh, you know, he starts with an interview uh, where he, there's no audio of it. It was a magazine interview. Yes, people apparently still read them, or hmm. at least they write them. Um, and uh, he said, "You know what? If you have a problem with my age, don't vote for me." Done. <laughs> Done. Yeah. yeah. I don't know That's if you great. should, you know, <laughs> we, say that. Probably not. But yeah. Don't. That's almost like his his wife's thing last week where, if, you know, if I know there's a lot of other better candidates than Joe with that better policies amazing. than Joe. Uh, but, but, you know. Who can win? Who can win? Joe can. I don't think Joe can. <laughs> I don't think I so I mean, either. Joe has, I've never felt this way. And I would not say this just a dog pile. I'm not going to dogpile on this guy. I would not, mm-hmm. I would, you know, if you still have all your faculties, I think the wisdom of age is really critical. But not everybody keeps their fat. I mean, I know somebody who is, what, 91, 93 years old, and that guy is, you can't keep up with him. You can't, I mean, he's clear thinking. He's just moving at 100 miles an hour. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a problem with somebody who's in their 70s and starting to sound, oh, I don't know, a little like this. Here he is on health care. We have Joe Biden, Joe Biden with health care. If you're not satisfied, you have another option, okay. high-quality options. Mm-hmm. The public option will be available in my plan. We'll make sure it's not a quality. We'll make sure it's only affordable. Probably it's affordable. We're going to make sure it's not quality. It's only affordable. You, what, what do you want, both, you greedy bastards? You can't have them both. I love Joe, it. Joe, Joe. I, I love mm, it. Stop. No. Just stop. Then he's, he's, okay, he's in New Hampshire, and he's talking to a reporter about how beautiful the state is in New Hampshire. Here's what he says. I'm back. I've been here a number of times. Last time was, I think, uh, all the way back in 2014, but I've been here before that. I love this place. I love, Look, what's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. What a, I mean, this is sort of a scenic, beautiful yeah. town. It's New Hampshire. The mayor's been yeah. a good guy, and got, everybody's been really friendly. I like Keene a lot. Maybe he's just jumping ahead to the Vermont primary right. when New Hampshire right. is number two. But, I mean, I, what is you know. what is bad to say about Vermont? No, no, New no. Hampshire, I could go off on New Hampshire. <laughs> New sucks. Hampshire is a... I mean, it just blows chunks. But what could we say bad about Vermont? <laughs> that's that's the that's the old adage Jeez. of answer the question you want to answer. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think of New Hampshire? You know Vermont what? Vermont is beautiful. Vermont <laughs> is beautiful. Everybody is so nice, Vermont. What could you say bad about Vermont? <laughs> uh, then this is just weird. Uh, this is, I, I don't know where this kind of comes By from. By the way, this is just this weekend, just yeah, so you know. All, all of this happened over the weekend. Here's Biden imagining, uh, well, he'll, he'll, he'll share it. My two political heroes were Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy. Mm-hmm. My senior semester, they're both shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Imagine what would have happened if, God forbid, Barack Obama had been assassinated after becoming the de facto nominee. What? what would have happened in America? Where does that come from? I don't know, but it Who? didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. So why would we imagine that? Ima- so what, what is the imagine, point of that? Imagine what would have happened if Ronald Reagan had a nuclear weapon in his pants. <laughs> and he just went to Kansas and <laughs> blew, blew up. It. He just... What would have happened? He was gone. Oh, wow. I mean, right on, man. <laughs> I mean, what would have happened, man? <laughs> I mean, where... What was his point? I don't know. Very strange. What was it? What? Very strange. Imagine what would have happened. Yeah, well, it didn't happen. And isn't that a point in America's favor? Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, then he was describing his, his longtime friend, and ha- he had a little difficulty doing uh, again, that. Again, still this weekend. Yes. My long friend, time friend, and she's a friend. She's been my friend in and out of public life. <laughs> My long, my long friend, friend, time friend, <laughs> friend, friend. She's there. been my friend. <laughs> my long friend. She's very long. She's also a time friend. She's a time traveler. Uh, long, maybe it's the spaghettification that she was experiencing near one of the black holes, but she's a friend friend. <laughs> and... Listen to that again. It's awesome. This is great stuff from Joe. Long. My long friend, time friend, and she's long a friend. Friends, she's been friends, my friend, friend. in my and friend. out of public life. <laughs> That's crazy. My long friend, time friend. So do you think he's trying to correct it as he goes? I think so, yeah, and he just can't. He just got into one of those, you know, time tunnels where you can't have it back. And you just wish you could. I, I wish I hadn't started this sentence, but now it's too late and I'm trying I to think correct he, it. I think he's going to get to the point to where he wishes he didn't start this campaign. I think so, too. Because I think he really is... Way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he necessarily wants it that much. Uh, I don't, yeah, and and maybe that's where it comes. You know, his statement that if you think I'm too old, don't vote for me. That doesn't sound like a guy who really wants the nomination. If you, it sounds like a wife that really wants the nomination. Please, mm-hmm. he will come home to me. <laughs> please, I know there's lots of other quality candidates better than Joe, but please vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a desperate wife, doesn't it? It's a plea. It? It's a plea. It really is. And it yet really he's is. still way ahead of the field. He's still, you know, the last poll I saw, uh, he had 30% support in the party compared to Elizabeth Warren, who was second at 15, and Bernie Sanders had 14. So he's still doubling the field. But if he goes into full-fledged dementia before yeah, that- the election, and we have Donald Trump... debating a dementia patient it wouldn't be good for the presidency but it would be fun to watch it would be very very fun a lot of audio to play it'd be great (laughs) it'd be good for us yes it would bad for the country right good good for for the laughs good for the laughs all right um 
Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Real Estate Agents I Trust. Buying or selling a home is hard. I mean, nobody ever says, oh, man, we're selling our home. I'm so excited. I get the real estate agent coming over, and uh, then then we have to keep our house clean all the time. Like, you know, because it could be shown whenever we are just, you know, ready to just be like, okay, kids, let's go to bed. We, we trash the house today, but we'll clean it up tomorrow. You have a showing tomorrow morning. What? Oh, I love when that happens. Nobody likes selling their home. You need somebody who is really competent, who has integrity. It, it, you need the best of the best. Now, how do you find that real estate agent? You go to realestateagentsitrust.com. We learn the best practices of the best agents. We built a network of them to help sell or buy your home. They're all over the country. Something really cool happened. Thousands of these real estate agents from this audience joined the network that we were building. They saw what we were doing. We, d- we did a check on their records. We want to make sure that they are the best in your area. And we're ready to turn them on to you so they can sell your house or help you buy a new house in an area that maybe you don't even know. So go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Buying or selling a home, make it less painful. Much, much, much less painful. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Uh, Here's here's an interesting uh, development in the United States. A member of the Santa Rosa, California City Council uh, said that... uh, he had a problem early in 2018. He knew they were having a problem. He started getting calls from constituents that oppose uh, the, um, uh, the, the, the making of 5G networks. And he said they were on opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, you know, they were from crazy right to crazy left. And uh, he said that's concern for property values and health and blah, blah, blah. It could cause cancer, uh, you know. There's and- apparently absolutely no concrete evidence of that no none 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 this they, is they the don't think it's anything people... any worse than any of the no. other uh cell towers we've got no no it's 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 a it this is um i i believe this is uh, russia and possibly china disinformation because if the united states does not wow, yeah. compete in 5g we, we lose are, we are india yeah we we're lose. literally india overnight People, I cannot under or overstate the importance of 5G. It is the backbone on what the future will ride. If it's if if we don't have 5G, literally overnight, we will be India. There's no lag time, right? There's no there's no lag time. There's no there's it's it's full immersion into the internet when you've got good coverage you're not going to have any of the spinning stuff that yeah it's it shows that you're waiting the reason why we don't have the 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 self-driving cars are pretty close to being ready and they will be ready with 5g if we don't have 5g you won't get self-driving cars right Uh, not the kind that we need to really drive themselves you we already know that um only the best surgeons are going to be available and they're going to be available all over the world 
uh, and uh, they can do operations anywhere. So you could be a great surgeon in Kansas City and you could be operating in a, on a patient in Australia that day with 5G. You don't have 5G, you cannot, you, you, you won't be able to react to stop the bleeding fast enough. Um, it, it, is, mm. it is all communications will be done on 5G. So the 5G network is, is, you know, is going to be what we all say, you know, maybe in 20 years. Ah, that was Skynet. Shouldn't have built that. Uh, but, <laughs> but at least I don't have cancer. <laughs> so please do your homework on 5G before you say, I don't, no, I, I heard it on, you know, the basement show. With the guy who lives in his basement, I hadn't heard. I I hadn't heard the theory that it might be uh, China or Russia. I think that's a good theory. Yeah, definitely could be. Well, that could I, be I think disinformation from them. I think it is, and Russia more than China even. Mm. But uh, I, I think it is. There's a a paper uh, that's currently being promoted by NYU uh, that calls on society to consider the rampant sexual exploitation of dairy cows. Uh, by the milk finally industry. yeah finally somebody said finally it. somebody <laughs> is addressing this finally we're so the the exploitation <laughs> or rape uh both both yes both yes uh here it's titled readying the rape rack feminism and the exploitation of non-human reproductive systems that's the paper all right NYU. so uh, it was published Friday in a journal called Dissenting Voices, mm-hmm. and uh, it talks about the sexual exploitation of non-human bodies, specifically dairy cows, because you haven't received their permission to milk them, and that's essentially akin to rape. You've actually raped them. Well, by... that's actually not. <laughs> that's actually not rape. That's not rape. But they also impregnate them. Uh, they do they, that, and they, they don't much... have permission to do that. May I say? The bull doesn't care. Uh, I, I've handed the forms out to the bulls on my left. And they they come back every time after a night of loving it up mm-hmm. without a single signature. Oh, my gosh. They don't care. They don't and care. I, you know, it's weird. Wow. I don't have to whip them or tell them, hey, I think that one's got the hots for you. They don't care. They do it care. on their own? They do it on their own. But they do get... Like I mean, they do get permission from the. I force them cow, to buy. Right? I force them to buy flowers. Okay, I force them to buy flowers. At least buy her a drink and some right. flowers. And are there are there flowers usually before yeah, well, the? Of course, there oh, is. of course, okay, of course there right, is. Good. It's a it's a good. farming utopia because it would be savage, really, not to at least oh have some romanticism before the event. Right. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen, and you don't want to see it, so don't Google it. <laughs> I haven't seen it, and I don't <laughs> but want it's, to. But uh, it's not a pretty process. <laughs> it's really not. You're, you'll you'll be standing there, you'll be doing something, and you're going to hear, and you're like, what the hell is wrong with that? And then you turn around, and you're like, and you realize, oh, oh my. Oh, no. Hide your eyes, kids. It's One not One of the dairy pretty. cows has just been raped. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's not the. No. It's not the rape e that is howling it is the raper and that's why he calls them in for the rape line he just like (laughs) the cows are the bulls are the oh my gosh they are i mean i mean i we have one that has i don't know an overactive gland of some sort (laughs) and he is 
always <laughs> crying out for it. Always. Really? Like it sound I thought there was something really? wrong with him. Is it a time of season or is it just always? Uh, well, I don't know that because I'm. Okay. I, I, You're only there at certain times. I'm of the only year. there at certain times of the year, and if it is, I, I would, I, I would, I'd have to put the bull in a rape room because <laughs> it's just, it's like, and I, I listen to it. It's like, and I'm like, dude, this is pathetic. This is why the girls aren't running towards you. Yeah. This sounds pathetic. You're just like. Hey, yeah. sex, I need sex, sex. Somebody bring their big milk bag over this way. I need to rape you. And it's like, that's not the way to no, do it. No, that's not the way to go. So no. we got that. Uh, in Hawaii, I am pleased to report that we have one girls volleyball coach in a nation of 350 million. Mm-hmm. We have one that is standing up to the Hawaii High School Athletic Association's policy allowing male students to participate in female sporting activities as long as they self-identify as the opposite gender. And he said no to that? He said no to that. Wow. He said that wow. um, the, the HHSAA says that students are presumed eligible to participate in activities in a matter consistent with their school registration records, even if it differs from the sex assigned at birth. Uh, he says, yeah, that's really stupid. He said, in my mm-hmm. opinion, it's really irresponsible for the league to place these young women who are mm-hmm. minors at an elevated level of risk. They all sign off on an assumption of risk form for an understandable amount of risk. But now there's an elevated level of risk their daughters are going through and be put through without any notification to the parents at all. No, I have no problem with a kid being who they want to be. But now these girls are being put in unsafe situations without giving the parents the opportunity. I mean... Of course, this you is, take the women into consideration. This is How about that? horrible for women. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Congratulations. Pray for him. They'll burn him at the stake by the end of the week, I'm sure.